This is the Business Cast, the podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and companies with velocity, and powered by the DMZ, North America's top tech incubator. Here's your host, Canada's leading business podcaster, chartered accountant, and CPA, Robert Gold. Once again, from high atop the Business Cast Podcast Center in Toronto, live and in the morning, we're way off to the west. I can see high-level Alberta. I'm Robert Gold, Managing Partner of Benicold LLP, Chartered Accounts and CPAs in Toronto. And this podcast is powered by the DMZ. That's dmz.ryerson.ca. Today is going to be amazing. Sean Mullen is with us. Sean is the Executive Director of the Brookfield Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Sean, welcome to the Business Cast, powered by the DMZ. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks. I am really excited to talk to you. Brookfield Institute has put out some unbelievable policy papers, commentary, brookfieldinstitute.ca. I've dived into them since I knew we were having this interview, and I'll tell you to our listeners, you have to go to that website and take a look at these policy reports and commentaries. Sean, let's jump into it. Tell us about yourself, and how did you come to be the executive director of the Brookfield Institute? So I have a bit of a unique background. I came up from the world of economic policy, but I also spent a bunch of time and actually had an undergraduate degree from a U of T in computer science. I got pulled into working for the province here in Ontario and ended up working about six years for the Minister of Finance and the Premier of Ontario. And during that, spent a lot of time working with the economic community and particularly the innovation community. And so it was time to set up this new institute. It was kind of a natural fit for somebody who had economic tech and innovation exposure and an interest in policy. So if you could do the elevator pitch, what is the Brookfield Institute and why is it important that it's housed at Ryerson? We're a economic and public policy focused institute and our objective is to make Canada the best place in the world to be an innovator and an entrepreneur. And kind of why I'm excited that we're housed here at Ryerson is it's got quite a reputation, as you know, as a hotbed for supporting innovation. The DMZ is kind of a sister organization of ours. They support entrepreneurs directly and and the way we think we complement that is we worry about what are the policy implications, the landscape, the supports at a national level to help entrepreneurs across the country, including those entrepreneurs that are in the DMV. Why was it important to you to link innovation and entrepreneurship? Innovation is about doing something new in the world, changing the status quo, improving upon the way something is done. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs in particular are one of the most powerful conduits for achieving innovation in the world. It doesn't happen by itself. People need to do that work. While there's scientists and inventors that come up with the ideas, potentially it's the entrepreneur that ultimately turns that into something that is tangible and has the impact on society. And so for us, those two concepts are inextricably linked, and we wanted to understand how to support them together and not separately. It's interesting to me the way you've honed in on that, because I felt for years that one of the things that is lacking in Canada, every major educational institution, where are the courses on entrepreneurship? They're now starting to show up, and Ryerson's a good example. Unless you would disagree with me, do you have a thought on that? Do we actually have a solid base of entrepreneurship academia? academia in Canada? Well, I think it's a unique area because there's a debate about how much of entrepreneurship you can actually teach in just a strictly academic setting. And so I think that's why a university like Ryerson that has a very strong academic component as it relates to entrepreneurship and supports it through various different programs at, say, the business school and others is a real leader in this. But then the other area where they lead is giving students the opportunity to experience this 
as part of their undergraduate curriculum by exposing them to the DMZ, for example, or one of the many zones that exist across Ryerson. I think that combination of understanding theoretically what it means to be an entrepreneur, but then being given real-life experience to test it out and learn from yourself is actually what you need to support this at that level. Yeah, and hence the logic behind the DMZ and the great successes that have come out of there. We started this conversation off a few minutes ago of me commenting on the reports that have come out of the Brookfield Institute. You've probably got some great stuff coming out later this year or in the fall. Is there anything you can clue us in on that you'd like to discuss? Well, a few things that we've been trying to get our heads around. First of all, you may have seen this when you checked out our website. We're increasingly looking at kind of the impact of technology on the workforce in Canada. So one area we've been looking at is automation, artificial intelligence, how those technologies are really changing the nature of jobs. And this is really important, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for market opportunities or whether you're a student who's trying to figure out what to do next with their life, or whether you're someone who's got a job and is worried about what may come in the future. And so we're going to continue to do work on that, drill down into it in more detail and get more granular as it impacts different parts of the workforce here in Canada. Some other areas that we're working on, we're continuing to try and understand the relationship between the ecosystem for supporting entrepreneurs and the success of particular entrepreneurs themselves. So is there a way to replicate some of the secret sauce, for example, that the DMZ has, at a more national level so we can have many more entrepreneurs across the country and increase the likelihood of creating new businesses and employ more Canadians. We're also looking at, for example, how best to continue to support companies as they leave that DMZ incubator stage and scale up to be truly national companies, the ones that are going to create hundreds or even potentially thousands of jobs. That's an area where Canada, relative to other peers, has been lagging. And so it's an area of certain interest to us and concern to people in ecosystem. So now it's soapbox time. I'm curious if there's three lessons that you would share with our entrepreneurs across the country when it comes to innovation and entrepreneurship. I'd start this with a bit of a caveat, which is, although I've started this institute from scratch and I've kind of got it off the ground, and there's certainly an entrepreneurial component to that, I wouldn't put myself in the exact same shoes as the entrepreneurs hitting the ground and hustling for business, so to speak. I'm happy to give some advice, but with the caveat that I don't have the same real-life experience as they do. I think you're in a very unique position because look at what you can observe. I feel the same in my role as the managing partner of a local firm of chartered accountants at Bennett Gold. Although we're an entrepreneurial firm, we're not in the ground creating, building, developing. We're building a CA firm. It's different professional practice. However, we're constantly in the middle of discussions with every one of our clients about things we've seen and learned at other clients. And you must be in that same position. Indeed. And from my own bona fides perspective, put that little caveat out there. The first I would say is entrepreneurs here in Canada, they need to kind of look more bigger picture in terms of whether it's market or opportunity. Too often, I think we see companies or budding entrepreneurs come across interesting ideas, but they don't think big enough. And we're not quite sure if that's because of Canada's a bit more insular or the nature of our psyches here. But if you really want to build a world-beating platform and you look at all the companies that have done that, whether it's the Googles or the others of the world, they're thinking world-class from the very beginning. It may take them years to get there, but you need to have that vision, I think. And that's something where certainly notable exceptions here in Canada. So I'm I'm not saying this is something that applies to everybody. But if we really want to have those ones that are going to become global champions, I think you need to start off with a mindset from the very, very beginning. The second thing I would probably say is we're increasingly hearing from everybody that it is ultimately about talent. Talent in terms of can you find people with the skills that you need to compete, particularly if you're doing something brand new, but also if 
if you're trying to compete for into a new market in the United States or others, you're trying to build a business into getting past that early stage, going out and finding people that can complement your team that have experience doing this before, that have a bigger picture perspective is incredibly important. And then the third piece I think is we're starting to understand, and I'm not an expert in this yet, but we're starting to get a better picture on the relationship between funding and success from a venture perspective. This is not new, I think, to savvy veterans of this sector, but one thing we see a lot as first-time mistakes as an entrepreneur is people kind of going after the easiest sources of funding, whether it's a venture capital fund or an investor that gives you the lowest terms or a source of government funding, strings attached, that at the end of the day ends up hindering you because you didn't find a funder that also provides you guidance and experience and access to markets. And so if you can get to a point where you're able to attract funding, be very careful and be very thoughtful about not just looking at the dollar figures, but who is this money coming from? Are you getting advice? Is this person going to open doors for you? This we see as a key indicator of whether a company is successful down the road and can get future rounds of funding and grow. I agree 100%. Every one of the relationships of those startups should come with a Rolodex. I think the corollary of the three points you just gave us answers my next question. I want to talk about pitfalls. So if we step away from not getting the right funding or not having a big vision, is there one major hurdle, stumbling block, or pitfall that you would say entrepreneurs need to avoid or that you've seen consistently them falling into? And again, I don't have a broad statistic to back this up, but one area where Canada does quite a bit better is we're actually quite good at inventing things, doing basic research, doing basic science, but we're not very good at commercializing and creating new successful companies out of that or ones that end up growing. This is all relative to other peers. There's obviously examples in Canada where people have done that successfully. What we hear a lot is that too often Canadian inventors, so to speak, spend too much time on the technology, spend too much time pioneering or tweaking or getting the technology behind something perfect and don't spend enough time thinking about the market opportunity, the product market fit. Is there traction? Is there interest? Are there customers? You've probably seen this in your experience as well, where something that could have had a lot of potential ends up dying because somebody didn't think about the market opportunity early enough or orient themselves to that soon enough and spend too much time kind of tweaking a product based on their own kind of engineering or more technical background. I agree exactly. And that goes back to, we've had many discussions over the years with the advisors and entrepreneurs about lean startups, which means iterate, iterate, and iterate again. I think that's exactly the point you're making. Come out from behind your lab, get out in the street, talk to the customer, experiment with the app or the product, whatever, get the feedback quickly, change it again. I want to ask you, Sean, because I really like what Brookfield's doing. I love the reports. Again, brookfieldinstitute.ca. Final thoughts on entrepreneurship and innovation in Canada? I'm thinking in closing, I would say I'm an optimist, and I think Canadians are incredibly well poised to be successful in this front. And I also believe that this is increasingly going to become part of the ingredient of economic success for countries around the world. And so for those two reasons, why I'm personally devoting my time and why I'm excited about the institute we've created to devote to try and continue to improve the environment here in Canada and the understanding of innovation and entrepreneurship and the tools and the resources we have to support those entrepreneurs so that we really can achieve the goal of of making Canada the best place in the world to start a business or to create something new. Great goals, and I can't help but be impressed with what you're doing, and particularly what Brookfield is doing at Ryerson. 
Sean Mullen, Executive Director of Brookfield Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Thanks for being a guest on the Business Cast. Thanks for having me. And until next time, I'm Robert Gold, Managing Partner of Benegold LLP, Chartered Accounts in Toronto. If you want to know about our bigger picture, check us out at benegold.ca. See you next time in the morning, everyone, and good night, high-level Alberta. You've been listening to the Business Cast, powered by the DMZ, and brought to you by Bennett LLP, Chartered Accountants, and CPAs. Incubating, accelerating, succeeding. You need Bennett Gold. Check them out at bennettgold.ca.